0: You know, one of the elements of religious freedom that's been in the courts and in the Supreme Court has to do with the freedom of religious institutions to determine who their employees are, who they're going to hire, who's going to represent them, and something called the ministerial exception. We're going to find out a little more about it and about how it can be abused, because I think this is a very interesting case where religious freedom has become a cover. For pretty flagrant racial animosity and discrimination. Mm -hmm. It's a troubling story, and it shows that we still have a ways to go with where the law is at. Our guest is attorney Bradley Girard, uh, litigation attorney with Americans United for Separation of Church and State. Bradley, welcome to
1: Freedom's Ring. Thank you so much, and thank you for having me.
0: So you represent Greg Tucker, a high school teacher in Colorado. Uh, Tell us why he's in court and why he no longer
1: has a job. Sure. So Greg Tucker is a teacher at a Christian school in Colorado, very dedicated and much beloved teacher. And he noticed that there was a culture of rampant racism among some of the students at the school. This gave him a number of problems, and one of them was because on a mission trip, he actually adopted a daughter who was black from the Dominican Republic, and he himself became the target of a lot of the racism. So he organized the symposium at the school, brought in some guest speakers, and had really thoughtfully planned this out, talked to the administration, talked to former students, people at the school, brought in a panel of speakers to talk about Racism And the effects that it has on people and uh, just, you know, in short, why racism is wrong. And assembly was very well regarded, but a small handful of parents, those who were parents of the children most responsible for some of the most um, racist events. Uh, started putting pressure on the school and saying, if you don't take care of this, um, if you don't fire him, we are going to yank our students from the school. You won't have our students anymore. And so the school finally buckled and fired him. So he brought a lawsuit saying, you know, the federal law against discrimination makes it illegal to fire somebody for standing up against racial discrimination. And the school said, well, uh, you are a minister, and therefore, we don't have to follow that law. What were some of the racial incidents that prompted him to want to address it in this manner with the Assembly? Um, so one of the most heinous was that at a, at a football camp, some of the students dressed up in KKK hoods were mock-executing minority students. It was not uncommon to hear the N-word, to have racist memes being passed around by students. Um after one assembly that he did, the students had a chance to give anonymous feedback on the assembly. Uh, he had a couple of students say things like, N-word father, um, making remarks about him and his family. And that was that was a, an assembly that was unrelated to anything. And um, it was just those sorts of events were popping up. Um, so he was a subject, as a employment lawyer, I would call racial harassment. Yes, yes. Is that one of the claims in the case, a harassment claim? No, because the harassment was by the, by the students. It was it's more of a retaliation um, that once he decided to stand up and say, this is, this is wrong, then the school took action
0: against him. So what's the status of the case? But before we go into the status of the case, Explain to our listeners what this ministerial exception is all about. The school says, well, you're a minister, therefore we can do whatever we want. Uh, We don't
1: have to worry about discrimination law. Why is that? So, the ministerial exception is a doctrine that's been around for a little while, about 50 years now. And the core idea is one that I think a lot of people will really understand and get on board with, which is that churches, religious organizations, They have a First Amendment right to choose their message, to choose their doctrine. And related to that right, then, and kind of necessary to really have that right, is that you get to choose who delivers that message. You can't can't control your message unless you can control who delivers it. And, you know, people think about that as you get to choose your clergy. You get to choose who are your actual ministers. Now, the Supreme Court in 2012 um, took the first of the ministerial exception cases that it has decided and said, well, in some instances, employees like like teachers at religious schools can be ministers. Now, in that first case, the employee, the teacher, was actually a commissioned minister, had done extensive training, taught religion courses, and um, all of that. And so it expanded the doctrine a fair bit then. But now what we're seeing are employers just trying to categorize basically everyone as as a minister, even though they might not really have significant religious responsibilities. And just to put this in context,
0: let me point out to our listeners that even beyond the category of minister, you know, here we're talking about a religious school, church school. So if someone is, you know, Oppositional to the teachings and the values of the school. The school can apply a religious exemption. They have the right to make faith based employment decisions and to require all of their staff, even down to the janitor, say, to be a church member or, you know, to follow the, the doctrines of the church. So you can't sue a religious school for religious discrimination. That's across the board. That's written in the statute. This is a very different, you know, here the question is, you have a guy who is very much in tune with the school. You know, he had the support of administration to do this assembly, and he's trying to teach, you know, some basic values about race and to racists, and... They pressure the school to fire him because of what amounts to egregious race discrimination. So I'm wondering how many of our listeners really think that a Christian school should have just blanket rights to discriminate on the basis of race. Uh, you know, that's, I think, what the issue is here. How are the courts looking at this so far?
1: Well, you know, the courts are a little all over. Um, the Supreme Court decided another case in 2020, and that kind of created a bit of a new landscape. And so we're seeing the courts struggling with two major questions. Um, the first is, who is rightfully considered a minister? And the second is, well, what kind of employment claims should be precluded if someone even is a minister? And the courts are really trying to figure that out right now. But what we're seeing, and I think is really unfortunate, a very small group, defendants in these cases, push very, very broad uh, for a very broad reading of the ministerial exception. Now, we at Americans United work with and represent a number of faith groups uh, as well who say, wait a second, This this is bad for us. This is bad for religion. This is not a way that we want the law to be made or for society to think about religion um, in just, you know, a kind of part blanche excuse to get out of any sort of law. And even if you look at people like Greg Tucker or a number of the other clients who I serve, you know, he is, and has been a devout Christian. He was shocked to learn that someone might consider him a minister. And for him, his, I was just trying to be a good teacher At this school and in this community that I love, and to hear this important doctrine being just, you know, stretched beyond belief to try to make it so that it's okay to fire somebody like me, it really is shocking to a lot of people. So are the claims that you brought on his behalf primarily
0: statutory discrimination claims, violation of his civil rights, or... You know, in California law, I think you might even have, I don't know about Colorado, but you might even have a claim for intentional infliction of emotional distress because arguably it is outrageous conduct, uh, what they did to him. And I'm sure that it has caused sufficient emotional distress. You know, it might be a a
1: valid claim under California law. Uh, These claims are, there's no intentional infliction of emotional distress claim. They are largely statutory claims. They're they're state claims as well, but generally pretty straightforward. But I do agree in speaking with somebody like Greg who says, you know, his life was turned upside down, and all he was trying to do was stand up for what he not only thought was right, but what he thought was um, really, really important in his position as an educator. And to have his livelihood taken away, his community taken away, um, really did have an enormous effect on him. You know, I'd kind of like to just put this out to our listeners, because some of you
0: probably have roles on church school boards and are involved in church schools. You know, stand up and do the right thing. You know, this school should have stood up to those parents and said, no, we're not going to fire him. And if you want to take your kids out, then good riddance. You know, do the right thing. The damage, you know, we destroy our own. There's so many church members who won't have anything to do, or former church members who won't have anything to do with the church because of how they've been treated. And uh, it's just so contrary to our whole reason for existence to to see this kind of thing happen. It's very upsetting to me to see an otherwise sound legal doctrine. To protect the autonomy of religious institutions being abused in this way. Um, so,
1: what's the status of the case at present? So, the trial court said, you know, uh, the school did not show enough proof that Mr. Tucker was a minister. Really? Uh, wow. But they didn't decide that he wasn't. It just said you haven't done enough. There's conflicting things on both sides. He had some religious duties, the the way that I think most employees at a religious organization will have some religious duties. And the school filed in a pretty unprecedented move, filed an immediate appeal, um, even though the case isn't over. So the appeal is in the Tenth Circuit and the federal court system. Um, The case was argued about a month ago now, and our argument in part was, you know, this case should be sent back down to trial court let it go through let him try to adjudicate his case the way that any employee would so we're waiting to hear what the court of appeals has
0: to say right now well i certainly wish you the best my last trip to the 10th circuit uh we won a uh, sabbath discrimination case against uh, kellogg uh some years back um not that long ago so uh We certainly want you to keep us posted and uh, look forward to hearing the outcome. But yeah, you're right. Typically, uh, unless there's a final decision from the trial court, uh, the case goes on trial. It doesn't get an appeal. So I rather think that uh, the Tenth Circuit really should be sending this case back down for trial is is how it sounds.
1: But you never know. We certainly hope. (laughs) You're gonna do, right? That's right. That's right. We certainly hope so and, you know, I really appreciate the conversation and the you know, the nuanced view of this is it is a fundamental decision for religious organizations to be able to choose their leaders. But, you know, it really distorts and weakens the value of that when you try to apply it from everybody, you know from janitors to football coaches to say everybody's a minister and right we're really fighting for the proper interpretation of that
0: well we're out of time our guest today attorney bradley gerard we've been talking about a very interesting ministerial exception case out of colorado we will keep you posted bradley thanks for being with us on freedom's ring today thanks so much Alan as we close, remember, folks, at Freedom's Ring, we don't just talk the talk about religious freedom. We help workers, especially, with their religious discrimination and harassment cases. You can check out our legal resources page at churchstate.org, churchstate.org. This has been Freedom's Ring. I'm your host, Alan Rena. Until next week, let freedom ring.